Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Uh, no succession talk today, unfortunately, although we did get a tweet from someone that said they love the succession talk. So uh, even if that's the only person who loves it, that's all we need to, to keep going. So we'll have more of those coming up after we watch more episodes. What I did today was I came up with some random questions, uh, just kind of thinking about random Browns topics. So I'm going to throw those at both of you. And the first one kind of has to do with this Michael Woods situation. They, they lose Michael Woods for the season. Uh, obviously a, a devastating injury for him, but we're not going to get to the end of the season and think to ourselves, man, things would have been different if Michael Woods would have been healthy. So I was thinking, who is the one Browns player outside of Deshaun Watson and Miles Garrett? So those two are, those are the obvious, like they're off the boards uh, for this question. Who is the one Browns player besides Deshaun Watson or Miles Garrett that they cannot afford to lose this season? Mary Katie, have a good one. I'm just springing these on you guys. There was no prep done here, so. Yeah, I'm going to say Amari Cooper. You know, I, I just think that Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson are going to be the keys to scoring the football this year. Amari had nine touchdown catches last year, and that was with Jacoby Brissett playing for 11 games, Deshaun playing with only six. So, you know, I did a story today where uh, about Tyreek Hill saying that he would have loved to have played with Deshaun Watson. Well, they just weren't, uh, you know, any worse for the wear and tear for having traded for Amari Cooper instead of Tyreek Hill, I don't think. I mean, he really had a phenomenal season, again, especially considering that he only had six games with Deshaun Watson. Really eager to see what those two guys are going to do together. And I think when you have someone like that that can catch so many touchdown passes and can perform at the level that he does, um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, that he's going to be dynamite this year. And because he is the best receiver on that core, I just really don't think that you can afford to lose him. Yeah, Amari Cooper is a good one. And and Ashley, when you do kind of look at, obviously, look, Tyree Kill would have been great. He's one of the best receivers in football, but Amari Cooper is pretty good too. So, you know, the Browns, that's certainly not much of a step down uh, when, when you look at those two. Yeah, and he's already, you know, put in a decent amount of time, I think, working on that chemistry with Deshaun Watson. Now, I think they can do that a lot more, and that's, you know, the benefit of, of off-season workouts, kind of like the one Deshaun had those guys down there doing. Um, but I do think what Amari brings with his route running, like he is the core of the pass catchers for me right now. Um, and without him, it's kind of still in a lot of ways, not as bad as last year now that the room looks a little different, but so much of last season, we were like, what are they going to do if Amari Cooper like can't play, especially when that core slash hip issue was really hindering him. And it kind of became a question like, is he going to be able to tough this out the rest of the year? I think it's a little better now that you bring in Elijah Moore and Marquise Goodwin and the room looks a little different, but to some extent, I still kind of feel like that because there's no one in that room that replicates exactly what Amari Cooper does. Okay. So Ashley, what's your pick for this, for this question? This is tough. And I have like a, I'll, I'll go with the offensive side of the ball because there were a few names that came to mind. Um, but I'm going to say Nick Chubb just because that running back room to me suddenly now has a little bit less depth if we are assuming Kareem Hunt's not going to come back. I think my answer would change if, you know, never say never, Kareem does make a return to Cleveland. 
But I still think for as much as Deshaun Watson can do on the ground, your offense and your ability to kind of distract opposing defenses really hurts you as the quarterback if Nick Chubb is suddenly no longer out there. I I was thinking about saying Nick Chubb, too, if you didn't. And I, I think even if Kareem Hunt were back, I would say Nick Chubb, because I think the Kareem Hunt we saw last year is not a guy I want carrying the ball 15, 20 times a game. So I'd, I'd be nervous if that was the version of Kareem Hunt that they got. Even I thought he was fine for what he was, but I would not want him to be the featured back. Uh, Mary Kay, I know that, you know, this is an offense that's supposed to be more open. It's supposed to, you know, we're going to see more 11 personnel, uh, more spread stuff, but Nick Chubb is still really important to all of this. Yeah, he really is. He's different. I mean, you know, uh, on most teams, you can go out, you can find another running back, you can plug him in, and you go along on your merry way. Uh, But Nick is such a huge part of this offense. And, uh, you know, he just gets those tough yards for you whenever you need them, especially in the fourth quarter of the game. Uh, You can always rely on him. He so rarely ever fumbles. Uh, he, he's just so rock solid that uh, I would have put him right behind Amari as well. So there's a few ways I could go here. Um, I was thinking on the offensive line, maybe there's somebody, um, but I want to go on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm actually going to go with a new guy and I'm going to say Dalvin Tomlinson because mm-hmm. if Dalvin Tomlinson gets hurt, you're sort of back where you were last year, where you've got to cobble it together with now, obviously they've added some more depth there with like Maurice Hurst to Tristan Hill. They're still looking at guys at that position. There's still the draft to come, but you all of a sudden feel a lot worse about how that group looks when you've tried to remake it and tried to make it different. If Dalvin Tomlinson, your big money defensive signing this off season gets hurt and can't play. I don't think that's, that's not as devastating as Nick Chubb or Amari Cooper, or even, you know, maybe even like a Joel Batoni or somebody like that. But I think that would still be a pretty significant injury, Mary Kay, to, to lose that player. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, they went out in this free agency cycle and they targeted first Javon Hargrave. They were willing to throw a bunch of money at Javon Hargrave. And then when they pivoted and came off of that because it got a little bit too high, uh, they went to their their second choice, basically, and that was Dalvin Tomlinson. And I do think that he is an absolute key uh, to this defense being really good this season. And I think he fits exactly what Jim Schwartz is looking for at that position. And you're right, they are back to square one. We don't know what else they're going to do there. They had Al Woods in a veteran defensive tackle yesterday. They did not sign him. They're not sure that they are going to sign him yet. Uh, so so Dalvin is it. He's the big upgrade. He was the big target in free agency again. And uh, he, he is very, very pivotal for this defense this year. Yeah, Ashley, I mean, it's a guy we haven't even seen on the field yet, but I, I still think he deserves to be on this list somewhere. Even if it's not this high, he at least deserves to be on this list. Yeah, I mean, like Mary Kay said, he's kind of the one real upgrade, and this is the first time we've seen them. I mean, this is the closest this organization has gotten to a blockbuster move for a singular player at this position, and they still managed to kind of get him some value given what the market was dictating with other players who are similarly skilled and productive, um, like a Javon Hargrave, for example. But I do think he's kind of deserving of being on this list, just given 
how poorly that unit as a collective performed last year in terms of getting to the quarterback, in terms of stopping the run. I mean, these guys were ranked in like the 130s for the most part or below when you look at the PFF defensive grade. So I think he's definitely important because you don't want to wind up where you were last year and all of a sudden you can't stop the run to save your life as a team. Is it weird that we didn't say Denzel Ward? I, th- I mean, because I thought about it, but then I also thought I'd feel okay if Greg Newsom and Martin Emerson were your starting outside yeah. corners in, in a situation where Denzel got hurt. Um, so I just feel like the depth there maybe prevented us from saying Denzel, but is I mean, is, is there a case for Denzel to be made, though? I think there probably is. Oh, yeah. I think there's definitely a case for Denzel to be made. And I think um, one of the reasons why we probably didn't mention him first or you didn't mention him as the first defensive player is because he's not coming off the best season of his career. I mean, when you look at his PFF rankings, again, he doesn't agree with those rankings. And maybe the Browns don't even agree with those rankings. But he was number 95 among qualifying cornerbacks. Uh, I think Martin Emerson was like 27th. I just did some some of these numbers. Uh, so I think that's probably why we don't have uh, Denzel Ward right now front of mind uh, because of that. So, um, you know, so I think if we, uh, you know, see the Denzel that we know he can be, then you start to think, geez, they really need uh, everything that he brings to the table and can't live without him. My biggest reason for not wanting to say him was just the fact, kind of like what you said, Dan, they've proven they've had this depth because they've had to work through playing without him so many times in his career. Um, And especially now, I think this room is really well off with the depth that it has that to me, that wasn't the first person that I thought, oh no, like what would they do without him? Even though when Denzel is at his best, he can be really good. I think the fact that he has been kind of, you know, injury prone at times made me ding him in this specific category a little bit. Okay, my next question here has to do with uh, what's left as far as positions of need. And I'm curious, what is the position in your mind that we're not talking enough about as an area of need still on this football team? I know, Mary Kay, you've had a few, there's a few that you've had circled outside of the obvious ones. So, So what's a position we're not talking about enough? Well, I don't know if you think that number three edge is obvious or fits this category, but I still think number three edge. Yeah. I mean, I still think number three edge is vitally important. Now, can Alex Wright step up? I mean, we know it was a long way from UAB to the NFL um, and, and he had a huge learning curve last year. Can he step up and be that number three edge or do they need to go out and find their sort of tack McKinley, right? Or even, yeah, well, Chase Winovich didn't turn out to be what what they hoped he would be really either. Um, But I think they still need that number three edge that gets you six sacks, maybe seven sacks, and 20-some pressures. And uh, can Alex Wright provide that? I mean, he's going to have to step up, and he's going to have to prove it, especially because you're also asking Oboe to to be the number two, to really nail down that number two job, which, you know, I think that's, that's a position where you're hoping for almost double digit sacks there and, you know, 30 some pressures if you can get them. So, um, so yeah, this is uh, an area of need in my mind. With Oboe, I always feel like I, I say it carefully because I don't want people to think like 
I don't like the signing or I don't think he can be good. But I do think there is a, at least a part of me that's like, are we a hundred percent sure that what we saw in the second half last year projects to what they think it will over 17 games? I, st- I still think he's an unproven commodity. And that's why I'd agree with you that that third edge rusher is, is in play. And actually it's something we've seen them try to, you know, they hit with tag McKinley, they missed on Chase Winovich. I think they were probably hoping for more from Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas. Maybe those guys make a leap. But there is, there are some question marks over there. Yeah, I mean, for me, this was kind of my first thought as well, was this third edge rusher spot. Because I think, and I've said this before, that ideally your production from those guys would look more like 2021 than last season where we've talked about now that those three other edge rushers outside of Miles Garrett um, in Jadavian Clowney, Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas combined for three sacks as a group. Like that's not great. You need like the nine sack guy like Jadavian Clowney was in 2021. And then Tack McKinley, I think I just looked this up the other day, correct me if I'm wrong and somebody knows it off the top of their head, two and a half sacks for him in a shortened season that year because he injured his Achilles. So I do think they got that pressure in multiple places. And again, that just kind of opens things up for Miles Garrett. And I think that's really important, especially from everything we know about Jim Schwartz's defense. Yeah. Tack, um, it was, I think it was two and a half. I, I would, looked it up the other day for a post. Um, but it, it also just felt like sitting and watching those games. It, you, you know, you noticed Tack McKinley. You, you he was saw disruptive. Him yeah. yeah. So um, I, I think the numbers didn't even necessarily indicate how good he was for them as that third edge rusher. Ashley, what would you say here for this, for this spot? I know this is another spot that Mary Kay has brought up too, but I still just wonder about the linebackers. And I mean, I think that has to do with, we don't know when Sione Takitaki is going to be fully ready to go. I know Dan, you and I were in the little scrum at the end of the season on locker cleanout day. It sounded like maybe September, October was what he was thinking when we talked to him back in January. Um, and then I think you're, you're still kind of banking on JOK to take a big jump. And Anthony Walker's coming back, but he's coming off of a pretty tough injury with a ruptured quad tendon. So I am curious to see what they add there. And and like knowing what Jim Schwartz said that he doesn't like think linebacker is a one size fits all kind of position. Um, I'm really curious to see if this is what it is or if we're going to get some new guys in that room. Well, Mary Kay, I did not make the mistake. I'm putting up a mock draft on uh, Thursday, I did not make the same mistake that Ashley did and leave a linebacker out of my mock draft. I learned oh, from our Hey Mary Kay the other day. Yes. I think there are Browns fans certainly that would agree with Ashley that linebacker is still a position. Go ahead, Ashley, real quick. I was going to say, in my defense, I was doing, I specifically said in the story, I'm going off of best available and there weren't really any linebackers <laughs> that were ranking super high. Now, maybe the Browns will have some of those guys ranked higher than the PFF simulator did but I was really kind of going and and at the mercy of that so that was why for those of you who wondered it's not that I don't think it's a need potentially I was really trying to stick with that need agnostic Andrew Berry style of thinking I mean I (laughs) I managed to find a linebacker who was right there on the board I don't I don't know I'm I'm a little (laughs) I'm looking at you a little side-eyed with that explanation but Mary Kay (laughs) linebacker Browns fans still love their linebackers Yeah. And, you know, I don't think you can go wrong in adding one either via trade free agency draft, because uh, as we've been saying over and over and over again, all of these guys, most of these guys are coming back from significant injuries and you just don't know how they're going to hold up. You don't know if they're going to get another injury. Sometimes when you have a leg injury of some sort, 
you end up with a residual injury the following year because you favored that part of your body. So, you you know, you just have to, you know, hope that these guys can can hold up coming off of these injuries. But, you know, they will have been out of football for a year in some cases, the only talkie talkie with the ACL and whatnot. And, um, you know, and, and you got to give these guys time to get back and be themselves again. Okay, so here's my position. And I just I'm curious, the Browns hired a Bubba this offseason. Did you know there was already another Bubba on this team's roster? There is. His name is Bubba Bolden. And as of right now, he is their fourth safety. Behind Grant Delpit and Juan Thornhill, they have DeAnthony Bell and Bubba Bolden. Hmm. And I feel like they probably need to find another safety to add as their third safety. It's been Ronnie Harrison the last few years. I suppose they can maybe bring him back. I am pretty sure he's still a free agent. Um, it's a position I looked at in the draft. I I think at some point they're going to draft a safety because I think they need another body at that position. Um, even if they like DeAnthony Bell and they think maybe he could be a, a guy that plays for them, I just still think you've got to have another safety behind Grant Delpit and Juan Thornhill uh, that you can really count on and that you really like, Mary Kay. So I think safety is maybe kind of a sneaky position that, that maybe no one's talking about. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. And plus, you know, Andrew Barry, we know by now he loves his defensive backs. You know, every time you think, oh, they're pretty good uh, at defensive back, he goes out and he surprises everyone and he gets another one. So I do think that that is an area that they will that they will definitely look at, um, because also you want to have guys in the pipeline. You know, you, you want to keep those young guys. You know, you got to have your little farm system going on. And, you know, if they don't have enough of those young guys that are ready to step in there next year or the year after, uh, then I think they get a little antsy about that and they like to fill those spots. So, uh, yeah, I think I think safety is definitely another one. And I mean, they could use number 74 on a safety. I mean, they they really could. It's an important position. It's an important position in Jim Schwartz's defense. And um, and I, you know, I definitely could see it. Ashley, I mean, did you know who Bubba Bolden was? Uh, the name sounded familiar when you said it, but that was not when you said that. You probably saw my face thinking, what? What other Bubba is there besides Bubba Ventrone? Um, it is interesting. It's the person, I'm doing a mock draft roundup currently, and safety has become, I think, maybe one of the most popular positions for the Browns to go at with 74 now. Um, I don't know if it's by coincidence or what, but I do agree with you. And like, it's not like the need is the exact same compared to before they brought Juan Thornhill in. Cause really like you are looking for that third guy that can kind of come in. Um, maybe a guy with more like ball hawk kind of tendencies would be interesting to add in that room. Uh, but yeah, if they don't bring Ronnie Harrison back, I think you do need somebody else there. Like you, it, it's asking a lot to just all of a sudden rely really heavily on DeAnthony Bell in that number three role, given we didn't see him a ton in that role last year. Okay, let's take a break. We have two more questions for you. They're not Browns specific questions, uh, but I've got two more for you guys on the other side here. And welcome back to the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. I always loved questions like this, and I was just thinking about it today. Uh, AFC North question. Pick one player from another AFC North team 
and put that player on the Browns, who would be the player you'd have to take from an AFC North team to put on the Browns? I have a few in my mind, and part of that is because I wrote the question, so I've had a little time to think about it. But, like, who jumps to the front of your mind, Mary Kay, is like, that's the player that I would love to see on the Cleveland Browns. The first thing that popped into my mind was Jamar Chase. You know, I mean, I guess I'm just so receiver centric. That, that was um, one of the ones I had on my list. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the number one thing that came into my brain. And, you know, we did not have any advanced warning about these questions whatsoever. So haven't had time to, you know, haven't really had time to think about it, but, you know, I mean, that, that's the, um, you know, that is the player that, that comes to my mind. I mean, there, you know, there are a couple of others, there are a couple of others and I'll bring those up after you guys give yours, but um, there are a couple of others that have, you know, sprung to my brain in the last few seconds, but um, that was what came first. So I'm going to go with my first answer on the test. Now, now in my defense, I will say that it's not like I wrote these like three days ago, Maybe an hour. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, right. Dan, did you spend your whole vacation yes. writing these questions? This, these are the these are the like four best remaining questions from a list of like thirty I came up with on vacation. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the best way to do it is just the one that pops into your head. Which well, I, mm-hmm. this also gives me a podcast idea that I'm not going to put out there. Um, but mm. we'll we'll circle back to it eventually. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the Jamar Chase option. I think he'd look great next to Amari Cooper. I think he'd look next great next to anyone. Ashley, who would you pick? With Jamar Chase out, I'm going to go with another guy that came to my mind pretty early, which is Cam Hayward. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. I love Cam Hayward. I think he'd be perfect in this defensive line. It'd be great if we got to see him play here. He'd solve a lot of questions we have about this front right now. So I'll go defensive. Great locker room guy, too. That, too. He'd yeah. love to have cam hayward in that locker room so i actually i'm a little surprised i'm wondering if this guy was on your list mary Kay. i'm gonna stay on that steelers defensive line and i'm gonna take tj watt could you imagine mm-hmm. having oh, to go miles garrett and tj watt i know that he you know it's, it's, it's a three four in pittsburgh it's a little different i don't care if tj watt were playing opposite miles garrett and hey let's throw cam hayward in the middle too since ashley already <laughs> took cam hayward <laughs> defensive line Jim Schwartz would like Jim Schwartz would have come and worked here for free, Mary Kay, if that would have been his defensive line. Absolutely. After Jamar Chase, those are the next two guys I thought about. TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. It was like, you know, that's what you think of when you think of AFC North football, when you think of the Steelers, uh, when you think of dominant defense. And, you know, that's what uh you know, that's what you need. So yeah, those two guys, you know, are dynamite. And the reason why the Steelers are always in the thick of it every year, because they have them. So absolutely bring them on over. There's a few receivers too that the, I mean, just can I just take like Cincinnati's receiving core? (laughs) No, no disrespect to Amari Cooper or any of the guys, but yeah, I mean, Cincinnati's receiving core is fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think who else. It's interesting that we none of us jumped to the quarterback, right? It just sort of speaks to how good Deshaun Watson could pretend, could be if he looks like Deshaun Watson again, that you know, none of us are throwing out Joe Burrow or even Lamar Jackson. Because um, I think in years past, that would have been like the fast answer, right, Mary? It would have been like, oh, give me Joe Burrow. I would have had to have been like, you can't take the quarterback with that right. question. But I, I think it speaks to Deshaun Watson and what he can be that we didn't go there. Okay, my last one is a non-football one. Um, I said we weren't going to talk about succession. Maybe we will, depending on the answer to this question. All right. You have a time machine or I don't know, one of those men in black memory erasers or something. 
and you can watch any TV show for the first time again. You've never seen it before. You get to watch it again for the very first time. What show are you going to pick? I got to think about this for a second. (laughs) I've got to think about this. Because see, for me, it's not Succession. Because the beginning of Succession is so slow. It took me like six episodes to fall in love with it. I like knowing that it's good. And and if you aren't crazy about those six episodes, besides the baseball game and the pilot, it's fine. Stick with it. So that's (laughs) one of the ones I was thinking um, was The Simpsons. Because I love The Simpsons. Mm. But like season one kind of is not that great. Especially if you kind of know the show and you kind of know like the the real like you know the best seasons of the show like season one and even part of season two it's kind of like eh this doesn't really do it for me so I don't I don't know if I can say that one. Hmm. Can I go with Barry? I think Barry. Oh, that's good. I think yeah, Barry was choice. really strong from the beginning. And it really does like keep you on your toes. And there's always one episode in each season that it feels like just came out of nowhere. Like if I could watch the Ronnie and Lily episode from season two for the first time again, or the like motorcycle episode from season three, where these episodes just truly like, it feels like you're watching a different show. Um, And Bill Hader is just so good. And I love the random Cleveland connection that Barry's supposed to be from here. Like in the very Um, first, I think the very first scene, he's he's wearing wearing like a WMMS shirt. shirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He has the buzzard on. Now, am I allowed to go all the way back? You could do whatever. In my whole life? Oh, yeah. I mean, I went back to the Simpsons. That was like 1988 or something. I mean, the first thing that came, that jumped into my mind, and I'm going to get so voted off the island for this. The first thing that came to my mind was Bewitched. Ooh. Oh, that's good. I like that. No, you're not voted off the island. That's good. That's that was cute. the first thing that came to my mind. It was like that. I mean, when it was time to watch Bewitched, you know, that just, you know, that made my week. Can and you, I watched it for years and years and years. And I loved it. And it defined my childhood. Can you do the nose thing? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Barry did it for the record. Not this is a good podcast fodder, but yes, I did. (laughs) We we got to witness it. Yeah, I mean, some of those shows. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, It was so on brand for me to just say Breaking Bad, but like, I know. Come on, the scene when the very first scene when Walter White is like coming out of the RV in his underwear, and you're like, what exactly is happening here? Mad Men. Oh, yeah, I, I was thinking, it. though, I love Mad Men, but it's been so long since I watch it. I think if I started it again, it would be like watching it for the first time. Like, I'd remember yeah, the major plot points, but I don't remember the minutia very well. Um, and it's funny because Veep also came to my mind, but Ooh. Veep is genuinely one of those shows that I think it gets funnier the more times you watch it. Because even if I rewatch it now, I pick up on new jokes that I didn't catch like the first time I watched the show. So I kind of like having that familiarity with it. Yeah. That's the other thing with, with like the Simpsons, I'll watch an episode. I mean, I've probably seen every episode in like from seasons three to eight, like too many times. And I still can sit down and watch one and laugh at it. So that that's probably why that wouldn't qualify for this question too. Yeah. But Veep would be good. Okay. Well, there we go. There's some uh, some three Browns, 
one non-Browns question here on the Oregon Brown <laughs> Talk podcast. Uh, we're going to start doing some draft podcasts coming up. Uh, Lance Reisland and Tim Bielek are going to answer some draft questions for us. I believe we're going to start doing one of those tomorrow and just every Thursday leading up to the draft. So we'll get some uh, some kind of heavy draft talk here on the podcast, getting you ready. It's a little weird. I mean, we just haven't talked a ton about the draft because the Browns don't pick until the third round right now. So we'll kind of dig into the drafts with those two uh, starting tomorrow, hopefully here on this podcast. Uh, So just get subscribed on Apple podcasts or Spotify and also become a football insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns and blue banner at the top of the page uh, to get everything that comes with that for Mary Kay and Ashley. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. everybody.